welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Today's podcast will focus on the action Thursday, January 26th at the Australian Open. It was semifinal day for the men's doubles and the ladies' singles, and it's 2.29 a.m., on the West Coast for me, just ticked over to 2.30, 9.30 p.m. Melbourne, just in the last two minutes. The first ladies' semifinals come to an end. Number 22 seed Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan has defeated the number 24 seed Victoria Azarenka of Belarus in a match that was a story of two sets. The first set was very competitive, very interesting, very back and forth. The second set, not so much. Topic one, let's get a match report on what has just happened here. It's more interesting to talk about this one as more of a TikTok of what happened, more of straight score reporting, more than necessarily analysis because of the back-and-forth nature of that first set. So let's get into it. The first semifinal here got underway 7.46 p.m. Thursday night, and Rabakina was going to serve first. Rabakina, of course, the reigning Wimbledon champion who's been playing well after not playing well in the past six months. Victoria Azarenka, former two-time Australian Open winner, most recently a decade ago, having her best run in, in a couple of years. And Rabakina served first. She opened with a double fault. Then it was an unreturned serve. And then three aces in a row. So it was kind of interesting. In Rabakina's first service game, neither player hit a ground stroke in the court. You don't necessarily see that too often. So Rabakina holds to go up one love there. Azarenka then held a deuce game to get to one all. Then Rabakina held at love again to go up 2-1. And even in these early stages, it felt like Rabakina was seeing the ball like a watermelon. She was playing extremely well. She was dominating off the forehand, and even in just these first couple of games, I got the sense that, wow, Rabakina is going to be really tough to beat. She's dictating all these points, and Azarenka's just hanging around. A couple games later, uh, Rabakina was serving at 2-all, and she missed a couple first serves, probably, and Azarenka actually got the break there. I was very surprised about that because it went so quickly from Rabakina just dominating, and she was up 15 love on her serve there and ended up getting broken to 30 on a couple of uh, errors late in that game, and she hit an ace 
to uh, get that game to 30-all before losing the next two points. And that just is a demonstration to me of the tennis scoring system where Rabakina dominated her first two serve games in just an unbelievable fashion, and then she had a 20-second lapse and lost her serve. And temporarily, Azarenka's more defensive sort of approach or hanging-on approach uh, got her the lead after she had been outplayed in the first couple games. However, order was then quickly restored. Rabakina broke back for 3-all. Held to go up 4-3. She held at love to go up 4-3. And uh, Azarenka got broken again, serving at 3-4, because Rabakina was dominating off the ground. And now we're at a situation where Rabakina is serving for the first set at 5-3. And when you're watching at this point, you think, yeah, Rabakina had a little bit of a lapse, but she's definitely been the better player. She'll take care of this here. Besides that one game, she's been completely dominant. And, hey, guess what? That's not what happened. Rabakina failed to serve the set out. And I'm looking here. I can't remember if she had set point or not. Let's find out. Let's go to the set one commentary here. Game nine. It was... Yeah. Uh, Rabakina did have a set point in that game. And she did not get it done. And so now we're back on serve at 5-4. And then Azarenka held the next game to get to 5-all. At this point, both players have led by a break. And Rabakina had a set point and did not close it out. Which was a real treat to watch at this point when you did not know who was going to win the set. In the matches that I've seen in this tournament, there really haven't been too many instances of that. So it was nice to have some drama here at 5-all in the set. And at different points, when certain players took leads, as a viewer, you thought, oh, that's it, set's over, I've seen this a lot, we know what's going to happen here. But then there were additional plot twists after that, which led to this 5-all situation, and... Now, as a viewer, you're thinking, okay, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen from here. Let's focus on the next couple of games to see what happens. Rabakina serving at 5-all. She hit a double fault serving at love 30 to go down three break points. And it was love 40, second serve. And she won the point, saved the next one with an unreturned serve, then saved the next one, or I'm sorry, the third break point was an unreturned serve winner. Then she got up add, did Rabakina, and then she aced to win the game. As the first set wore on, Rabakina's 
first serve deserted her a bit. And she was dominating with the first serve. So the fact that it got less dominant later in the set is one of the contributing factors to why the set got back to 5-all. And why she was down 5-all love 40. And she was hitting lots of second serves early in that 5-all game. But even just within that game, to be able to recover, to hit an ace to hold after being down love 40 and coming back to win five straight points, that was impressive. So Rabakina is up 6-5. Azarenka holds at love to get that first set into a tiebreak. Rabakina got up 2-love in the breaker. And at this point, at 2-love, you thought, Okay, yes, there have been all these seesaw back-and-forth things, but still, Rabakina's been the better player. Azarenka's just been a little more reactive. It's 2-love in the tiebreak, 2-0. 2-0 in the tiebreak, and this is when is going to pull away and dominate this breaker. But hey, guess what? That didn't happen in a reflection of the set in general. Got back to 2-all, 3-2, 4-2, so it was pretty competitive there for a while. And um, then Rabakina got up 5-2, and I think Rabakina was serving. I can't remember. I, I don't chart who serves when in the breaker there. But, you know, this is the point where you think Rabakina is up 5-2. She's going to get it done. But, hey, guess what? There's more. Azarenka won the next two points to get it back to 5-4. And then Rabakina wins the next point to get up 6-4. It's still a match, you know? It's still a set. And uh, But Azarenka makes an unforced error down set point. And Rabakina takes that first set seven games to six. Blowing the 5-3 lead, but coming back to take it 7-6. Honestly, it felt at this point like the match was over. It felt like Azarenka had missed her opportunity, and um, that's exactly what happened in the second set. The match basically was over. Rabakina got up the 3-1 break and closed it out from there. Got another break, served for the match at 5-2. Couldn't get it done, but then broke to win the second set 6-3 with two breaks. And Rabakina gets the win, 7-6, 6-3. It was interesting. Rabakina lost her serve three times, and two of those times she was serving for a set. She lost her serve at 5-3 in the first set and at 5-2 in the second set, which is interesting. We'll see if in a more high-leverage situation in the final, if that affects her. Because if you don't serve out a match or a set twice in a major final, that could go the other way on you. Statistically, the key to this match was the Rabakina first serve and the first serve win percentage. and Both of them compared to Azarenka as well. Rabakina just completely dominated in, in this area. First serve percentage, 
Rabakana 77, Azarenka 55. Oh no, sorry, let me go to the whole match here. Um, uh, win percentage on the first serve, 76% for Rabakana, 63% for Azarenka. That's a big difference. Second serve win percentage, 41% to 22. In the whole match, Victoria Azarenka only won 6% of her second serve points. So, Rabakina was dominating off the serve and off the ground. I really can't necessarily understate how well Rabakina played for a large portion of this match. I would say that both players littered up the stat sheet. Total winners and unforced, Rabakina had 51, and Azarenka had... Oh boy, 27 plus 26, what that would be. That would be 53, right? So 51 to 53. So they were both taking the initiative. They were both hitting out and hitting hard. But Rabakana hit it harder. Total points won, 78 to 62. That would probably qualify as a clean kill without doing the math. Break points. Rabakana 5 out of 11. Azarenka 3 out of 8. Um, for the bigger picture, quickly. Um, this feels like a missed opportunity for uh, Azarenka. At her age... You never know how many more opportunities you're going to get. But she was well beaten this evening. So it wasn't like it was a 7-6 in the third type of match. Azarenka did have her opportunities. You know, she was up a break 3-2 in the first set and she surrendered that immediately. That was maybe her best chance to get on top. But she did a good job of hanging around in the score. Five all, six all. But in those moments, she never necessarily had a, a lead. She never, she didn't have a lead to uh, lose. For Rabakana, two finals in the last three majors. I completely dismissed Rabakana after she won Wimbledon, and rightly so. The last six months, she, you know, didn't do anything. And now here she is. She's much more of a Grand Slam specialist than Karen Hatchinoff is at the moment. You know, because you have to kind of win one to sort of get that moniker, in my view. So she'll move on to the final. She'll face either Sabalenka or Lynette. And Sabalenka against Rabakina, the way those two players have been playing very well. That could be interesting. Don't know the result of that yet. That match looks like it hasn't taken to the court yet. So that was the first semifinal for the, the ladies. Earlier today, the men's doubles were out there. Let's take a look at what happened there, because I was sound asleep when that was happening, because I wanted to save my sleep to check out the women's matches. Nice and Zelensky beat Shardy and Martine 
635762. Nisan Zelensky, one of them is from Monaco, and the other one is from Poland. The flags look the same, but they're not. You have to look closely. One of the flags has the red on top and the white on the bottom, and the other one has the white on the top and the red on the bottom. In the second match, the Sensations, Rinky Hijikata and Jason Kubler, the Australian wildcards, beat the top eight seed, Granoliers and Zabios, 6-4-6-2. There's an all-Australian pair into the Australian Open doubles final, men's doubles final, for the second consecutive year. Last year, Kyrgios and Kokonakis won the tournament and they quote-unquote revolutionized the sport of doubles in the process. And by revolutionized, I mean they didn't do anything for the rest of the year. So, Rinki Hijikata and Jason Kubler are once again revolutionizing the sport. Australian doubles team in the Australian final. (sighs) Yeah, 2.46 a.m. It's not easy, you guys. Let's go to live scores. Uh, I want to check. Has that second match started yet? They're warming up. So Sabalenka and Lynette are about to warm up. I'm going to watch that one. Then we'll have a report. I will talk to you guys in a moment. It's over. Sabalenka did it. In the second semifinal, she gets the win 7-6-6-2 over Magda Lynette. This is a match that Sabalenka should have won 6-3-6-3. The number one story here was Sabalenka's mental state. She was very obviously struggling with getting over the line. This is a very frustrating match to watch because... I'm in the situation where for my sleep situation, I needed it to finish quickly, and it just kept dragging and dragging on because Sabalenka was getting real tight at many points in the match. She got down love two, and the first set was just a slog, big slog. She should have won it easily even after love two, but it went to a tie break. And the second set, she should have won 6-1 in like... 20 minutes faster and the the weight of the moment the the thoughts of getting to her first grand slam final after all this time she was definitely thinking about it and especially in the last couple of games the serve you have to it has to come good for you in that moment after all the struggles that she's had with it and she had a double fault late in there but she recovered nicely. So, well done to Arena Sabalenka for passing the mental test that she created for herself. That means that on Saturday night, it'll be Sabalenka and Rabakina for the title. But before we get to that, we have tomorrow's schedule, which feature the men's semifinals, and the women's doubles semifinal and the mixed doubles final. So out on Margaret Court Arena from 8 o'clock Eastern. This is Thursday, January 20th, or sorry, Friday, January 27th 
8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Num- women's doubles semis. Top seeds Krajcikova and Siniakova take on Kostiuk and Rusa. Followed by number two seeds Goff and Pagula against number 10 seeds Aoyama and Shibahara. If the top teams win there, that could be a one versus two final potentially. On Rod Laver Arena from 8 p.m. Eastern, mixed doubles final, Sonia Mirza and Rohan Bopana against Stephanie and Matos. Mirza is playing her final Grand Slam, Mirza. The combined age of that team is 78, I think. Then the marquee event of the day, the men's singles semifinals, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Number three, Stefanos Tsitsipas against number 18, Karen Hachinov. 3.30 a.m. Eastern. Number four, Novak Djokovic against Tommy Paul. All of those matches I just mentioned will be on ESPN+. Plus. In terms of cable coverage, the men's semifinals will be on ESPN Live. That's going to do it for 29 a.m. Really got to get to bed. You've been... Listening to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. We'll do it again next time. This podcast was brought to you by Argon Productions. Bye. So you guys remember the book BFG by Roald Dahl? What's that stand for? Big Friendly Giant? Isn't the first chapter of that book called The Witching Hour or something? And it talks about how 4 a.m. is the most calm hour or the book begins at 4 a.m. and that's when the Big Friendly Giant goes and kidnaps the, the main character? I don't know. It's 4:34. I I don't see uh I don't see uh any BFGs uh around here. <laughs>